Hello, and welcome to The Delicious Truth with Gloria Cotton. I'm Gloria. During this podcast, we're going to cover a variety of topics that are impacting our everyday lives. We'll look at four things for each topic. One, the absolute empirical truth. That's all about the facts and data. Then we'll look at the personal experiential truth. And that's about how those facts and others do and don't show up in people's lives and their experience of them. Next, the consequential, impactful truth. The difference this makes in people's lives. And finally, you'll hear about resources and solutions you can use to empower yourself and others. Welcome back to the Delicious Truth Podcast. In this episode, I'll be talking with James R. Nowlin, CEO, author, and speaker. And our topic on this episode is optimizing purposefulness, well-being, and mental health amid crisis. Let's jump right in. Our guest on this podcast is James Nowlin. James is CEO and author and a speaker. Let me tell you, this man is so accomplished. I'm only going to highlight a few things. Otherwise, the whole podcast would be just celebrating his real deliciousness. Okay. James holds a doctor of of jurisprudence degree from Duke University uh, School of Law. And here's a thing that, you know, that's fabulous. But here's what I love. He also served while there as editor in chief of the Duke Journal of Gender Law and Policy and led the publication of its acclaimed Women in the Workplace issue. Thank you so much for that. Okay. He also has a background in neuroscience and mental health. He is, uh, he completed a pre-medical curriculum at the University of Virginia. Are y'all getting the depth and breadth of this man? Okay. Uh, a couple of more things. He's a graduate of executive education program at Dartmouth. Okay. And he's got some time he spent also at Kellogg School to manage it. The Lord have mercy. And he's admitted to the state bar of Texas. I mean, don't you want to know him? You wish you were me, don't you? Okay. He is also an author of a best-selling book. I bought it. Y'all need to pick it up. The Purposeful Millionaire, 52 Rules for Creating a Life of Greater Wealth and Happiness now. Okay. In addition to all of that, he's an executive coach and trainer. I mean, you are delicious, baby. I just want to say welcome, James. Let's get right into this important topic. How you doing? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing wonderfully and I'm ready for this delicious interview. All right. So let's jump right on in. Um, Our topic today, as I said, um, very engaging and very important at this time, optimizing purposefulness, well-being, and mental health amid crisis. And we know that people have crises throughout their lives, but our nation and the world is in a crisis right now with this pandemic. So we're going to spend a little time talking about that particularly, but understand anything that we're talking about that is applicable in this, after this is over, it's still going to be working for you. James, what do you got to say? What do I have to say, Glow, is thank you so much for having me on the show. And to all of our guests out there, my heart goes out to you right now during this very challenging time. Everybody's going through a different experience, and we might be in the same storm together, but we're all in different boats. We're in different boats financially. We're in different boats with respect to our communities and our responsibilities and our well-being spiritually and emotionally. And 
even though we've never encountered anything in, in my life, such as this pandemic, there's so much that we can do to prepare, to be intentional, to work on our mental health and our wellness so that we come out of this storm stronger and better demonstrations of ourselves glow. That's going to be really helpful. We know that people are uh, not only being alone, but lonely and that um, suicides have increased and um, you know, batteries have increased. Oh my goodness. So I'm really, really looking forward to the practicality of this. So thank you so much. I'm grateful to be here too. And, and I'll tell you back in January, I lost three friends back to back to back due to suicide. Ooh. Now this was prior to quarantine and COVID-19. And each one of these individuals was successful in his or her own right. Mm. Um, it happened um, all within one week. Uh, uh, one of the individuals was married. The other one was a very successful CEO. And another one was just a, a drop dead gorgeous woman. Mm-hmm. And none of the three was related or connected to the other. And it hit me hard and it reminded me to go deeper into my love message, my uh, tools that I share with people about developing mental health and uh, talking about meditation and centeredness and self-love and self-care because we never know what someone someone is going through behind the four walls of their home. Yes. Now that we are quarantined and we are sheltering in place, we've got this awesome opportunity this duty, this responsibility to say, hey, you know what? I might have said in the past that I didn't have time for meditation, or I might have said in the past that I didn't really have time to learn about how my brain works or how neuroscience works or how mental health works and how I can elevate my own consciousness. Now, this is our golden opportunity to learn about that stuff and to ritualize these things so that we can enjoy life a little bit more in spite of whatever crisis comes our way. Now, Hello, I've gone through crises before, including being near bankrupt twice in my life. I um, grew up in a household in which my father was an alcoholic and physically abusive to, uh, to the family. Um, and every day was, was like living in survival mode with him and yes. his material temper. And I was in survival mode. And I've been through some of those crises and, and I dealt with the baggage in my adult life due to some of the stuff from childhood, but I had to work through it. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, I'm speaking you, to you today as a near-death drowning survivor back in 2012, where my body was pulled from a lake in East Texas, and I recovered for two years from a traumatic brain injury. So there is so much that we go through that is happening, not just to us, but it's happening for us. Mm -hmm. We can become a better and more powerful demonstration of ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, Mm -hmm. a lot of the time we'll say, you know, um, mental health, that's one of those topics that that we don't want to talk about. But once we uh, let go of the stigma and once we start learning that just like the muscles in my arms or the muscles in my legs, I can develop those by exercising them. I can also develop my mindset, my consciousness, and my well-being. And that creates beautiful pathways for the future. Mm-hmm. And all this is rooted in neuroscience and science. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I love that we're going to take that scientific approach. But I want to go back to something that you said about crisis. Is, has been in people's lives and will be after uh, this virus has gone this away. Ain't the first one. This ain't the first time we're going to go through something. Absolutely. And the truth is that some people are going through things 
every day. Every and so day. Some people are looking at the coronavirus and they're going, <laughs> that ain't nothing. You should see whatever it is that they have to go through every single day just to breathe. Absolutely. Just mm-hmm. to breathe. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm uh, and, and thank you for talking about the stigma that's associated with mental health. Where in the world does that come from? Ooh, it's uh, across different communities. It means different things. Mental health means different things or getting help means different things. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting that we can say, hey, I'm a cancer survivor and be proud of it. Or um, I am a survivor of a heart attack, or I had this awakening in my life happen to me where this was an occurrence with my physical body. But sometimes we're so unwilling to share the trauma or um, a challenge that we've gone through in our mind, in our brain. And when it comes to talking about depression or anxiety or bipolar disorder, there's this silence, there's this clasping, there's this holding in and this bottling up of this privacy. Um, And we don't feel comfortable talking about it because it can be interpreted as weakness. Oh, I'm going to to get help, right? I'm not feeling very well, or I'm not feeling myself and I'm going to see a therapist or um, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. There's that implicit, implicit subconscious feeling that, oh, if I say that or share that to anybody, they're going to think that I'm weak, that I'm not strong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Strength to me is the ability to stand up and say, this is not the life that I wish to live. I don't want to continue feeling this way. And I've got the courage to show up and do something about it. Now, Glow the Brain has an incredible way of dealing with trauma. And trauma could have happened to us five minutes ago, or 10 years ago, or 30 years ago. But it can repeat in the brain again and again and again. And the mind can't distinguish the past from what feelings you have in your brain and the stories that you have in your brain that are repeating themselves again and again. Mm -hmm. So you're living the trauma again and again and again, unless you choose to do something about it. And when you choose to do something about it, when you uh, acknowledge the truth about your experience, that's the first step into elevating your consciousness. So uh, um, um, when I was a freshman in college, I was in an automobile accident. I had a paralyzed bowel. Thank God it rectified itself so I didn't have to have surgery. I was scheduled to go into the hospital the next day to have surgery, and it straightened itself out. I mean, honestly, it was miraculous. Thank goodness. Um, But here's what happened. I did not realize I experienced that as a trauma. I didn't realize it until three years later, and it was because I had avoided going through the intersection for three years and something happened. I was engaged in conversation with somebody in my car and I wasn't paying unconscious attention. Mm. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I woke up. I came, my grandmother used to say, I came to myself mm-hmm. as I was getting ready to go through that intersection. I was right back three years ago. I saw the, the panel truck that hit mm-hmm. me. I heard the screeching of the tires. I felt the glass in my mouth. It was it was truly PTSD. It really yes. was. Yes. And so all the time, people don't know that they have suffered this trauma, that they are having a challenge to their mental health. What can they do to be more mindful of it? Mm-hmm. What you can do to be more mindful of it is to say the truth. 
to say the truth that this is an undealt with issue. That's the biggest step. Dr. David Hawkins laid out something so beautiful for us, Glow, called the map of consciousness. And the real change takes place where you've got a portion of society who is willing to compress, push down, bottle down the truth of their experience and hold on to it and cling to it. And they get stuck in it. So it's not just a mood after a week after the accident or a month after the accident or a temperament six months after the accident, but it's actually a personality trait or personality disorder of suppression Mm. or anger or fear or all those things stuck. And it's interesting that it represented itself as a uh, a dysfunction, a locking of the bowels, the Mm -hmm. release system within the body to let go of toxins, toxic energy, things within us to metabolize, to give us health and strength and nourishment and so on. And so trauma represents itself in the body at all times. So we might have a a tightness in our neck, or we might have migraine headaches, or we might have uh, a bad back, or we might have flare-ups, inflammation that keep coming to us. But the real story behind that Uh, those issues going on within the body, is that the body never lies. The body never lies about the trauma that we have experienced. And if we have not dealt with it, we're going to have another health issue. We're going to have another problem. And one thing's going to lead to the next, and it's just going to explode one day eventually. So here's what I'm hearing you say. I was 19 years old. And even though at 18, you know, I thought I was brilliant and knew everything. I did not know everything. It would have been cool if I could sit here now and talk back to that 19-year-old Gloria. When that miracle happened of the bowel straightening itself out, I could say, and thank you for this, thank you for this, James, I could have said to myself, what else do you need to release? Mm -hmm. What else needs to be unfurled within you around this? And oh, let's do that first. And while we at it, baby, what else? might mm-hmm. be in there all gnarled up within you. That's that's a really great mindset and question to ask. And, and Glow, years ago, we would just say, I'm strong. Or I'm a person yes. of faith. And this is between God and me, and we're going to tough it out. See. God, the universe gives us resources, gives us information so that we can apply those resources into our life so that we don't have to suffer as much. Now, with those resources, we know that now versus 50 years ago, we didn't understand the connection between mind, body, and spirit. The interconnectivity between the three is so powerful such that if there's something going on with the mind, there's going to be something going on with the body. If there's something going on with the spirit, there's going to be something going on uh, uh, with another part uh, of that function of that triumvirate. And so we have to consciously uh, incorporate rituals, routines, habits into our lives every single day so that we've got the best mind possible. We've got the best spirit possible and we've got the best body possible because one system feeds the other. All right. All right. That's all I can say. Wait, there's a a little mini hug in your future right now from that, baby. That was delicious. I'm hugging you right back. I'm (laughs) hugging you right back. And and, and you know, Glow, as we're going through trauma right now, we're going through a, a little bit of a crisis right now. If we're not feeling right, we're not feeling well. We've got the right to sit down in a corner, quiet corner in our homes and just ask ourselves, what's going on here? Yeah. What can I be doing more with my body to bring my spirit in alignment and to bring my emotional state into alignment? 
to elevate them to another state of well-being. Mm-hmm. And if we're not breaking a sweat, getting those toxins out during our stretches, going for walks and doing all those things, guess what? We're going to feel depressed or sad or anxious. We're going to feed ourselves with the things that are just the lowest common denominator, which is you know bad food and uh, uh, stuff on the internet or shopping or um, worrying about our bank accounts or looking at the news all the time and thinking that we can actually control and do something about that instead of going within to turn ourselves over to this amazing force that's within us that's saying, let me out of here, let me out of here. I want to be a better demonstration of you. Mm-hmm. And as we do that work, we start to lighten, we start to brighten. And then at the end of the day, we put our heads on the pillow. We say, wow, I was a really good example of myself today. I feel good. And the next day you'll do it. And the next day you'll do it. And it's like a snowball effect and it builds upon itself. Mm-hmm. And you end up walking a little bit more, walking around the block a little bit, uh, uh, walking, uh, taking another block when you're walking. You end up uh, reading books that are helpful for you instead of uh, stuff that might be considered smut or toxic energy that just crowds the, the, the subconscious mind. And you just surround yourself and ensconce yourself in positivity. And that positivity works through you, within you, and it comes out of you and shines and your circumstances in life start to change regardless of the crisis or the trauma that you're going through. So so I need to begin establishing habits of positivity. I got that. That's, that's what I'm, I'm going to embrace that right now. And that's going to be my one of my mantras, habits of positivity. But let me ask you this a question. Some people are not there yet. They're not on this call with us. They haven't done the work that you and I've done. Um, And even if they have, they can't access. Mm -hmm. So what advice do you have? How can people stay optimistic or creating that abundance mindset, wanting even to build those habits of positivity when finances are hard, when the pandemic is real? The yes. numbers are mounting every single day. Frightening. What can people do? Because the world is real. What can they do? Here's what we can do, Glow. When you wake up in the morning, before you do anything, before, you're, before your feet hit the ground, just say to yourself, thank you. Say to yourself, thank you. Thank you for the privilege of waking up that day in a bed, in a home with a roof that does not leak, sheltered, and in a place that's safe and okay. We are the wealthiest cohort in the history of the world right now. And those of us who have computers and electricity and beds and homes with roofs that don't leak, you are the most successful of the successful, even if you don't have any money in your bank account right now. And then trust me, I know my heart goes out to any and everybody who has lost their job or who is living with family right now or friends or who is, who is in the struggle right now. My heart goes out to you. But we're blessed in so many ways that we sometimes to forget to acknowledge. Now, I, I invite people to... Uh, not get caught up in, well, meditation is hard and I can't do it. I don't have a teacher to teach me how to do it. Just by saying, thank you, you did a meditation to get your mind in a right state to move about the rest of your day. And so that was your first thought of the, uh, thought of the day. It's thank you. I'm starting off my day by saying thank you. And if you don't feel that increase in vibration, that energetic influx of positivity rushing through you as you say thank you, as you lay there in that bed with that home that is protecting you and and that safe space for you, say it again. Mm. 
and say it 10 more times until you feel it. Or maybe just lay there and say it a hundred times, but eventually there's going to be an energy surge within you, a vibration that moves throughout you so that when you put your feet on the ground, you're ready with this sense of gratitude. And gratitude is one of the highest states of energy there is. It's powerful. And I invite everybody to do it every single morning. It's easy. You don't need a teacher to do it. Say thank you once, say it a hundred times, say it a thousand times if you need to, but just do it. It's going to make you feel a lot better. Right now, I am so excited because I'm looking back over the podcast that we are, are going to make available to people. And I'm thinking of one that my friend Derek Dow did. Um, he's a, uh, a Hollywood producer, director, actor, all of that. And he said one of and he talked about happiness. And he said his first thing that he learned to do was to have a spirit of and, and practice of gratitude. Mm -hmm. And so I am looking at how we cannot escape this. It's just, it's real. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. And let me just throw this in there. Okay. So this sounding all good, Glow and James. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the truth is my life, baby, you don't understand. I mean, I have to pay these bills. I got all the yamma yammas, these voices that are in my head about you're not good enough for this and you should be doing that. How do we quiet the self-talk that we have going on? Never mind the outside noise now, the news and all of that. But what I'm saying to myself about my worthiness. Yes. I'm going through this. What advice do you have for those people who can't, who don't shut those noises off? I, I want to start with some data on that. Okay. And that is 85% of the stuff that we worry about ends up having a positive or neutral outcome. So all those little voices in our head that say, you're not enough. This is the end. You know, you're not going to make it. Um, uh, your, your finances are, are just a mess. Things are not going to work out. The majority of the time, all those words and all, all that, that negativity and, and pessimism, it turns out to have a, a, a neutral or a positive outcome. And that's, that's data. That's, that's, that's just a, a fact that we cannot ignore. We cannot dispute that. Now, we talked about gratitude a second ago, and people say, well, I'm going to write a gratitude list, and gratitude is a high vibration. Those negative thoughts in our head just mean that we're human. And sometimes that's the ego trying to protect us from doing something wrong or making a, a, a bad decision. So the ego's out there in its own little world, and the ego's is repeating uh, these words and these thoughts to us again and again and again. But here's what we can do, Glow, because I want to go back to acknowledging the truth. Yes. Write down a frustration list before you work on your gratitude list, if you're feeling that way. So with a frustration list, I can say, I am ticked off about dot, 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 and then write you know, 50 lines on the paper about things that are not working, about, working out for you or things mm -hmm. that you're worried about or fearful about or anxious about. Flesh it out. Get it out of your system. Acknowledge that truth. Look at it. Reflect on it. Meditate on it. And when you feel like you've gotten it all written down on paper and you, you've processed all of it, cut it up or burn it up, have a little ritual in your home and then release it and let it go. And after that, you're done with the frustration list, turn over to the truth of your gratitude list and then work on the gratitude list. Here's what we've got to do in our homes a little bit better. We've got to open up the conversation about mental health more. And when we sit at the dinner table at night or when we're talking on the phone to somebody, we can check in and say, how are you feeling? And I'm fine. It's not an answer. I'm fine. It's not an answer. 
How are you feeling? I want to hear the truth right now about what your experience is. And then we can incorporate things like a gratitude list into that conversation. Say, hey, girl, or, or hey, husband, or hey, wife, or hey, family, hey, kids. Why don't we work on a gratitude list together? And we're going to post it on the refrigerator. And we're going to write one or two things a piece each day on that gratitude list. And we're going to bring it to the supper table at nighttime to reflect on and to stay in that energetic enfoldment of positivity. Mm. And so these are free mental health practices that just elevate the conversation and shift us away from the news and pessimism and negativity and worrying about politics and finances and all that stuff. And as we do that, our whole energetic frequency exposes us to so much more and attracts so much more to us. Mm. That is so delicious. I'd like you to, if, if you will, if you're comfortable because you you very generously shared some of the trauma that you had in your life as a child and then as a, a young person. What were some of the major challenges you had? Because children are killing themselves too. Yes. So what would you say to children? What are some of the major challenges children face and how can they overcome them? Mm-hmm. Great question, Glow. I grew up in a different time. We had computers and and I'm I'm one of I'm the oldest uh millennial out there. You know the 8081 millennials. So I'm, I'm the oldest of that pack. Um and I'll be 40 uh at the end of this year. But they're exposed to so much and there's so much information and there's so much uh discernment that is required to determine what is the truth and what what is not the truth. I would encourage the children to surround themselves with nothing but positivity and positive news. For example, um, you can go to a website called HappyFi. HappyFi.com is one of my favorite websites to go to. Would you spell that, please? H-A-P-P-I-F-Y.com. Thank you. You're going to get lots of positive information. You're going to get lots of uplifting encouragement. Um, And you're going to get the truth when it comes to mental health and how to uh, navigate different things. And there's no smut or anything on it. No politics, no no negative news, none of that stuff. It's just an uplift website. And there's a lot of good stuff out there like that. We've also been putting out what's called mental health moments on our uh, social media pages, Facebook and LinkedIn and, and Twitter and Instagram and so on. And that is to keep people encouraged with real, true data about how to bring practices, rituals, routines into your life in an almost effortless fashion to keep your mental health elevate it regardless of the storm that you're going through. For all the kids, I would say, let's find a way to move your body a little bit more, to know that you're going through something, but to understand that the mind, the body, the spirit are connected. Try to break a sweat. Try to put the phone down. Try not to be worried about the news. Try to just uh, uh, just move your body, move your body, and understand that what goes in must come out. And that means if bad food comes in, you're going to feel bad. Bad thoughts come in, you're going to feel bad. Mm. All this stuff is connected. Mm. All this stuff is connected. So take care of yourself. And what are the signs that caregivers, parents or whoever should look for that will give them an alert that their, their child or maybe a younger sibling, whoever it is they're taking care of, is not in a place of positivity. What are some of the things they can look for? I want to share my personal experience. And that is, I went through my teens and my 20s going up and down from a depressive state to an, to an anxious state. And in my 20s, I was actually prescribed uh, SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, 
which control the amount of serotonin or the happiness neurotransmitter that's in the brain. Um, and I went from one drug to the next thinking that the drug was going to fix me. I was such a magician at showing up in the world, or at least I thought I was, of pretending to be successful, pretending to be happy, pretending to be present, pretending to be all these things, you know, making the grades and um, I'm trying to be the president of this club and that club and connecting with this professor and that professor and, and having all this responsibility as a young person. But really, I needed to do some healing work on the inside. All that being said, below, every single adult and every single child is someone who is healing on the inside from something that happened yesterday or years ago. So for us adults, we are often healing as a little boy or a little girl on the inside. So when something's going on, that's the subconscious. All that stuff is layered in there. And there's a conscious manifestation of depression or anxiety or whatever because of subconscious stuff that's been undealt with. When I would come home to the four walls of my home, I would feel it in my body. It's called kind of psychic. I would feel like um, uh, around the third eye chakra, I would have like little headaches and I would just not want to exercise and I wouldn't want to go outside and I wouldn't want to be around people. And my ego was saying the entire time, what about me? What about me? What about me? And I call that ego inflammation. Mm. All I could think about was myself, but I would project onto the world that I was doing okay. Mm-hmm. I was a success story. But when I went to my bedroom, I thought, my God, what a wreck of a life. And is this what life is supposed to feel like? And I can't look forward to tomorrow. And I certainly can't look forward to next year because this just stinks what I'm going through right now. And so there's just so much that we've got to be on the lookout for. And with my three contacts who passed away due to suicide in January, I asked some of the people who knew them, did you know that this was going on in this person's life? And even the people closest to them did not know. Yeah, But we've got a responsibility to check in and say, how are you doing? And let's talk about how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. One of the ways we can get people to open up is to be vulnerable on our own because they might sense that you're doing so well that they might not be able to share what they're going through with you because they might sense that you might judge them. Mm-hmm. But we can unpack those questions by being vulnerable, by being present, by being loving, by being understanding and looking for the signs. Is this person becoming less active? Is he or she not checking in with their friends as much as they used to? Um, Is there connectivity issues that are lacking in their life? Because the happiness that we have in our lives is directly proportionate to the quality and the level of relationships that we have in our lives. So here's, here's what I love. I heard your two questions. How are you doing? And you mentioned the second question before, and that is, how are you feeling? And those questions mean very different things. How are you doing is part of the acting. It can be part of the acting. And you're saying, you know, what you were doing uh, out here, you were showing one face inside another. Some of us are earning Academy Awards in the acting that we are doing when we are interacting with other people. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. Thank you. So how are you doing is a good question, but they're going to tell you what the activity is. They're not going to tell you what's going on within them mm-hmm. unless you get to that delicious, scrumptious question. Yes. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And then to really, and I heard you say before, and fine is not an acceptable answer. 
It's not. It's not. We're going to have to go deeper in the explanation of that. You know, uh, Gloria, there was a, a friend who shared a picture of a tattoo on a person's arm. And when she stretched out her arm, the tattoo, when you would look at it, it would say, I'm fine. But it was in cursive. And so when she looked at it and she stretched out her arm, that tattoo said, save me. Ooh. So when we ask people sometimes, hey, girl, what's up? That's, that's not a question. That's, that, that's not a question about feelings or emotions or what you're going through. That's not even a check-in because the automatic response is, I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We can go deeper with a real conversation and sit down with somebody and say, how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And if someone comes back to us and says, I'm okay, I'm fine. Okay and fine, those are not emotions. Happy, mad, glad, sad, frustrated, anxious, depressed, worried, fearful, all those things are emotions. Mm-hmm. And we need to continue to ask the question until we get to those true words which express what's going on on the inside. Okay, so I'm a little excited. So here's the thing. So going back to, I just keep hearing you over and over again, talking about habits and what I'm calling establishing habits of positivity. We have trained people in our culture. Um, We say, how are you? And then we don't wait to hear what they say because we really didn't want to hear the answer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is, you're not supposed to say anything other than okay or fine. Okay, that's it. But one syllable, that's it. That's all you're supposed to say. Two, maybe. So we have to, part of the ritual, and thank you for using these words, part of the ritual that we need to establish is really listening. Mm. Putting the invitation out there and then be prepared for someone to come to our party. Yes. Okay. Active listening to me means that not only do you listen, but you shut up. And that means that you hold sacred space sometimes when somebody's expressing themselves. Because most of the time, our ego tells us, as this person is saying something, I need to have something smart to say back. But let's find a way to hold sacred space when people are talking about their feelings. And trust me, as we do so, as we shut up, they will go deeper and they will let you know. So this is, this is ritual for us, but we're retraining. We're retraining ourselves to listen and hold sacred space and retraining people to know that they have that sacred space. Yes, that they, that have, they have that honor. Yes, I deserve, I deserve to be able to just sit here and express myself without interruption. And for you to just hold space with me, just hold that space with me right now, please. And it's just beautiful when it happens. It is and we can bring that into our homes. We can bring that into our offices and consciousness elevates once people are allowed to get things off their chest. And I can be a resource to you once I know what's really going on, but I can't do it. If I interrupt you, if I interject, if I have something smart to say, or if I judge you based upon what you shared with me. And so this is creating a safe environment. This is creating a safe environment. So we only have a few minutes, but I'm dying to ask you this. One of the things that's happening as a result of many things that's going on around the globe and in our nation is the increase in violence, particularly of murder of people of color. What do you say to people and their mental health 
when they are knowing the truth is that they are on the most wanted list for somebody and not for a good thing. Question people like that because that's again that's real. That's more than this temporary pandemic. This is this is my life now. So what do you say to those people who live every day their life is a pandemic? I want to I want to share this with you, Glenn. I know that we're running out of time. I understand, and I can't answer this question without acknowledging the life and the passing of Ahmad Arbery, yes. young black man running through a neighborhood who was shot for no reason. They thought he was a burglar. There were actually no factual burglaries in the neighborhood. Well, they said, was, they, that's what they said. Okay. That, that's what they thought. That's what they thought. I'm a runner. I'm a runner. I've been stopped before by people with weapons. And there was no other reason than because of the color of my skin. And not only that, I have the trauma and the growth experience of having been a former suspect in a crime that I did not commit. All those things represent some kind of subconscious trauma in my life for things that I had to deal with, I had to work on, I had to release, I had to let go. Otherwise, I'd be stuck in my house for the rest of my life. Yes. Yes. And so for people of color or uh, for for women or for people of certain religious groups, um, sometimes we do have a target on our back. Mm -hmm. We do have to, we do have a target on our back. But when we go out and we greet the world with this energy and this powerful vibration of kindness and love, that's not projecting a falsehood or falseness out there of who I am or me overstretching and overreaching about how to calm you down about your fears. That is just me being me and sharing my light. And I believe that that light protects us as we work on our consciousness at home and as we go out into public. And not only does it protect us, it opens doors of opportunity for us. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different level of conversation on consciousness and the law of attraction that I think that we can get get into in another show. Yes, but I understand your question. It's a big question, mm-hmm. um, and my heart goes out to anybody who has to deal with that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! What final words? I hate to end this. What final word do you have to leave with people? Mm. Breathe. Mm-hmm. breathe. Mm-hmm. Just check in with your breath. We can't control everything. We can't control everything. But when you check in with your breath, something pretty incredible happens with the body. You acknowledge that oxygen that feeds those organs, that feeds your mind. And if we're caught, we catch ourselves breathing shallow or uh, we're short of breath, we've got the opportunity to deepen that breath. And as we deepen that breath, We can settle our anxiety. We can settle our fears. And sometimes just by taking 10 deep breaths, a little bit of stiffness goes away. Or we can continue to to breathe deeply and um, a headache can start to to dissolve a little bit. But just breathe through this. And if you find yourself getting off on the wrong path, return to the breath. Return to the breath. Check in with yourself. Slow the breath down. And just reconnect with that beautiful person within. Gloria, go within with the breath. James, go within with the breath. It's free. Slow it down. Check in with it and just be at peace. And as you're at peace, things around you will start to change. And the way you see things around you will also start to change. Just mm. breathe. Mm. I love the way you see things. It's, it's the quiet in the storm. And what I will often say to people, what you just said, you, you can't control what somebody else is doing. You really can't. Um, sometimes it's a struggle for me to control me. Mm. 
Um, but I will tell you that no matter, and this is how sometimes people are successful and they're still miserable because they haven't found that place of gratitude, that place of oneness, that place of love and gratitude within themselves. So if that can happen when everything is going right outside mm-hmm. and you feel diseased inside, then you know what? It's turned up a little bit on can it happen when things are going on outside that are negative? Absolutely, it can. Absolutely. So you have to double down, be honest about what's going on outside. I love these two lists, my frustration list. I'm yeah. in deep depths of my word is pissivity. I'm in deep <laughs> pissivity. Yes, sir. I'm uh, in deep depths of pissivity about something. I don't like this. This sucks. I mean, whatever your words are, don't hold back. Be honest. Get that toxic stuff out. Yes, and don't get stuck in it. Don't get stuck in it. Let it go. Don't get stuck do in it. Don't let it get stuck in you. See, this mm-hmm. is what I'm taking away from this baby. Um, mm-hmm. and then making it, and do something with it. Don't just file that away. Mm-hmm. Burn that list. Mm-hmm. Put it down the garbage disposal. Something. Yes. Down the toilet. Get rid yes. of it. Bury it. And then you've acknowledged. Now get rid of it. Now replace it with gratitude, love, health. Harmony, self appreciation, self care, mm-hmm. habits of positivity. Have I got it? You got it. You got it, Glow. See, I got it with your help, baby. I want you to know I love you so much. Thank you I love so you. much. Thank you for coming on this podcast. It um, was delicious. We will have, <laughs> we'll have information about how people can find you. But what is one thing that you're doing? Are you doing anything, you know, that's coming up real soon? that you want people to know about that they can find you. So these are some of my favorite websites. They're filled with nothing but positivity and news of uplift. Number one is we mentioned happyfy.com, H-A-P-P-I-F-Y.com. The next one is newstart.com. There's another one that I love called wellandgood.com. And then you might want to check out thegoodnewsmovement.com. And then for folks who feel like they're plugged in too much, they've got a device in front of them all the time, check out unplug.com. And then of course, check out my website, jamesnallen.com. And if you really, really are committing to getting into meditation, download Insight Timer on your um, smartphone or one of your devices. It's I-N-S-I-G-H-T Timer, T-I-M-E-R. It'll teach you how to meditate. It's got the largest library of meditations on planet earth and it's free. And I think that you can subscribe at a higher level for uh, maybe a dollar or two a month, but I've got the subscription and um, I love it. And I use Insight Timer every single day. So these are just tools and uh, resources to help people keep uplifted. Um, And I hope you'll visit those websites. On all my social social media uh, sites, we're doing mental health moment videos. Um, And each of those videos, we've got uh, tips tools, rituals, routines that you can incorporate into your life. And most of these things are relatively easy to stay uplifted and to elevate your consciousness. So check out uh, James R. Nowlin, uh, N-O-W-L-I-N on, uh, on our social media sites, and then visit jamesnowlin.com slash gratitude. And you can download a free gratitude list so that you can 
work on your gratitude list, or you can share it with your family, or you might want to even do a gratitude list. Uh, what do they call them? Quarantini parties, where you share things with your gratitude with oh, other people. Oh, and as yeah. you share, and as you start oh. talking about gratitude and negative stuff, it multiplies the energy around you. Thank you. Let's infect people with love and happiness. Let's infect them. Let's, Let's infect them. Virus yes. About that. <laughs> yes. Let's infect them. Thank you. Thank you so much. And my final word to you, sir, is there's a hug in your future if you want one. <laughs> oh, I want one right now. <laughs> so here are some things that I took away from this delicious podcast with James R. Nowlin. I love the two lists that he spoke of, creating a frustration list and a gratitude list. We really have to honor ourselves, body, mind, and spirit, as he talked about, by not ignoring or trying to jump over or deny the fact that we're having feelings that might not always be positive. So your frustration list gives you an opportunity to honor those things. And then after you have written it, not trying to censure it or Make sure your language is just right. No, just let it flow from you. Let that toxicity flow out and then make sure you destroy that list somehow. And then you're going to create the new list of gratitude. I love those two questions that he talked about, asking yourself and others in the midst of crisis or when you're just feeling lower, a little bit funky. And I'm not talking about good funk like parliament. I am talking about it is not working for you. One question is, how are you doing? And what are you doing? And then how are you feeling? Two very different questions that honor you in totality. And then I would just encourage you to take advantage of that almighty list that he gave us of resources and encourage you to plug into one or more of those things and unplug from Fox News and other purveyors of negativity. All right, that's it. Thank you so much. <laughs>